0: Well, today I've got a special guest with me who is currently in Cape Town. It's about 6 a.m. in the morning. So he's done me a great favor and arranged a time that was uh, mutually convenient. He's got an early start for his business. He works in the field of exercise physiology. He's an exercise physiologist or an athletic trainer or a biokineticist, depending on which country you're in. Uh, Worked in Dubai as an exercise physiologist and runs his own business, Carl Reeder, biokineticist. Hello, Carl, how are you?
1: Hi, Clint, thanks. Good to good to be on the show, and um, yeah, I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to let you explain more of what you do, but let me just tell the audience today why I wanted to get you on this show. The main reason that we want to have you on the show today is to talk about injury prevention and suitable day-to-day alignment and behaviors when we go about our uh, simple movements like getting up off the toilet, going up and down stairs, getting up off a chair and so forth, when we have some limitations in our movement, particularly around the knee, maybe hips, maybe our ankles or feet hurt and so we're making adjustments that may be counterproductive for other parts of our body. And so today what we're going to go over, we're going to talk about how do we do these basic things around the house or at work so that we don't overload or overstress other parts of our body and then create more problems? So we're talking about injury prevention and best practices for everyday behaviors when we've got joint issues and and physical limitations. So how does that sound? Is that, does that sound like the sort of thing you'd like to share upon?
1: Yeah, it sounds good. It's a it's a good description of what, what I do.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So tell us... Um, this, someone comes in with rheumatoid arthritis. They've come to see you to get some help. What approach do you take with people?
1: Well, it's, it's simply just looking at where they are in terms of their, their condition, in terms of how the knees are, how, the, how their joints are feeling, and then just teaching them basic functional movements. What we're finding is a lot of clients are doing exercises, but that's not actually functional and actually strain themselves. So, what I do is, is take them gently through their movements, their, their range of movement, where they're able to move in a comfortable range and then teach them how to move functionally. And so they would do strengthening and stretching and just giving the joint good mobility. Um, it's it's purely – there's no hands-on approach in my approach, and so it's it's purely using exercises to to really help them that, through that process.
0: Right, and in that way you differentiate yourself from a lot of other practitioners who are, as you say, very hands-on, who are like our massage therapy kind sure. of uh, uh, friends, um, uh, acupuncturist sort of friends. Um, And then there's the physical therapy group. But what you're saying is that you basically just teach people how to use their body through exercises that they can learn to then have a better way of injury prevention and better strengthening of their uh, supportive muscles when they're going about day-to-day activity.
1: That's that sounds. It's it's moving in a core with the body. If you notice, many of the exercises are are designed to strengthen muscles as opposed to looking at how we're designed to move, rather than designing following the body. So it's 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 it's, it's there's a spin-off because a lot of the, the guys are using things like squats and and some natural movements, but it's just really getting to the real. When it comes to people who've got pain your technique and and that small little difference and adjustment to getting close to back to what I call back to basics of movements makes a real big difference.
0: Yeah. And what impressed me about your work after you reached out and said, Hey, I like what you're doing. And like, I'd like to share some thoughts around this topic. What I really liked was that you were absolutely spot on with your minor adjustments to some of these common positions that we find ourselves in uh, because I've experienced problems in virtually every joint. And you've sent me through paperwork and you say, hey, this is how I work with my clients with rheumatoid arthritis. And these are the adjustments that I make based on these common movements. And I've looked at them and I've, and I've thought to myself, it's almost as though you've been through all of this yourself because the insights that you've got and that you're providing are more accurate than what i've seen elsewhere and that's why i wanted to talk to you so that's, let's yeah. let, let's get stuck into the first one that you uh that have on your uh description here and it's around just getting up and down off a chair or a toilet now this sounds so trivial if you've never had a condition like rheumatoid arthritis people if they're watching this now and they'll be they'd, they've just Let's say they've accidentally stumbled upon this video. They say, why on earth would you want to talk about getting up and down off a chair? But do you actually know that I've actually asked my wife to slowly get up off a chair in the past so that I can watch her? Because you almost have to learn it again when you've had a terribly debilitated knee problem. So tell us, how should we get up off a chair? What would we look for? And give us some tips around this.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, as you said, most people don't think about the muscles they use to get off a chair. They simply just get off a chair, and uh, you find with people in pain, that the first go-to is going to is using your legs. We've all been taught that that you've got to strengthen the leg muscles, um, and and when we pick up something, we have to bend our knees. So the natural inclination is to is to use our leg muscles. And the other thing is, especially if you if you're weak, is you you use your arms. You'll notice that most people when they get out of a chair, and this is a good point for for rheumatoid arthritis, is they end up pushing through their elbows, using their upper body strength to to get up. So the the, the the most important muscle that you want to use is is your is your core, your abdominals, and you want to use your glutes. And for those who don't know where that is, it's it's important that they know, learn where the glutes are, you know, and your your abdominals. It's amazing how many, especially in South Africa, how Many people have no idea what, what, what muscles they use. But the idea is, Clint, is for people to realize that it's all about center of gravity. And um, when you are getting out of the chair, you've got to get your center of gravity forwards and you've got to position your feet uh, slightly back at your knee and your, the angle between your knee and your ankle slightly back of 90 degrees. What most people do is they pull their heels back. When you ask the average person to stand up, the first thing you see is they pull their ankles back. And what that does is it gets them to use their knees to stand up instead of using using the hips. So it's really about getting the sense of gravity forwards, leaning forwards from the hips, not leaning forwards from the waist. And um, there are notes, and I don't know if we're going to provide notes to the show, but I'm happy to do that or do videos just to show people how to actually get up properly from a chair the other mistake we see with chairs is that the chairs are too low. The modern—you look at a toilet, for example—it's it's really low, and the ideal position, especially for someone with RA, is to get them to be to have their hips higher than their knees, and that helps you to then get the weight forward. It helps you less pressure on the back, less strain on the knees. You're able to then get up. I mean, if you think about the average chair, it's almost almost doing a full squat position, and uh, if you are overweight or you struggle with that, it's it just make it just makes the problem much worse.
0: Mm. Well, there's a lot of information in there, and I bet everyone in their mind is trying to do what I'm trying to do, which is to picture the positions of the heels, the ankles, the, whether or not the, the feet are flat on the floor, or whether or not the balls of feet uh, remain on the, on the floor, and whether or not you shuffle forward to the front of the chair and push down with your elbows, which you've said not to. So I think what we're going to have to do here is definitely provide a couple of, um, if you haven't already got videos made, I think what would be most beneficial is definitely a couple of uh, diagrams that can go along um, with this. And what we'll do is we'll make it really simple for people. So this episode will be located at PattersonProgram.com forward slash Carl, C-A-R-L. Okay, real simple. So people can go PattersonProgram.com forward slash Carl not only will we have the transcription of everything we're saying so that you can read through quickly if you, if you want to go through the content quick, but we'll also have yeah. some images in here for each one of these. But I don't want to give up for those people who just want to continue to learn more if they're on their treadmill or on their way to work. Um, can you yes. at least do a little? You know, the best job you can in trying to paint the picture for us? Let's say I'm yes. sitting in my chair, My my both my feet are on the ground, it's time to stand up, you're saying I should contract my my abdominal muscles, my core muscles, and then roll my weight forward, and then um, push up through the heels, perhaps? What should we be so, focusing so
1: think, on? So this, yeah, so step one would be to shuffle to the front of the chair.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, uh, that's a good. That's a good point. And then number two would be to look down at your feet and just look at the position of your ankles relative to your knees. What you'll notice is that often, if you were to draw a line through your knees, your knees are ahead of your your feet or your ankles. So you want to bring your ankles. Uh, start off with just in line with your knees, and then shuffle it slightly back. So that will, imp- if you put your knees and your ankles at ninety degrees or further forward, you're going to feel it's unnatural to stand up. It's, you're going to say, "There's no ways I can stand up from this position," and that's correct. We want to actually bring it slightly back. Then a good position is also to put your hands on the side of your hips or just at your hip level, yep. and you want to roll and lean forward from your hips. To get your to get sort of the momentum forward, and then as you you lean forward, it's almost if you think about a tennis player and he's in that position, he's got that sort of leaning forward position. You're leaning forward and you're pushing through the heels of your of your ankles, and mm-hmm. that will then activate the glutes uh, rather than you using your your quadriceps and hamstrings. Um, it's not to say that your quads and hamstrings are not working, but the power that gets you out of the chair must come from the glutes. You can try uh, squeezing the abdominals, but you want that to happen naturally. You'll find Mm -hmm. that getting out of a chair actually naturally engages the core muscles if you're doing it correctly and you apply the technique that I'm going to be teaching.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I'm having a personal trainer on the show in the next few episodes, and um, he's going to be talking all about strengthening the abdominal muscles, and also the glute muscles, uh, stating that most of his clients, uh, that's where he spends sort of a lot of his foundations over the first few months, working with people and says that everyone's weak in their, uh, in their glute muscles, or if you're still not sure and you're wondering, it's the buttocks muscles, okay, the buttocks muscles and the abdominal muscles. Working with clients yourself, do you find this also, that everyone seems to be weak in their glute and ab muscles, or do you think it's more pronounced with people with rheumatoid?
1: No, it's a gen- it's a general problem we see in in our in our clients and patients, and and one that and I, I hope I'm not going to be you know it might be con- controversial, but one of the things we see with a lot of the people now because it's a weakness, uh, instructors and physios and, and a lot of the carers are instructing their clients to squeeze muscles, and the reason that they're doing that is is they're trying to bring awareness to these muscles. But the actual problem is that because people are not moving functionally, they're not naturally engaging these muscles. So you can have someone who's doing the squats or an exercise in gym. You'll see a lot of these on sort of Pilates-based exercise where clients are squeezing their glutes, squeezing their abdominals because they are weak. But if we actually just let them move and do the the, the exercise, you'll find that they often say, I don't feel my glutes and I don't feel my abs, but I do feel them now because I'm squeezing them. And then I take them and I say to them, well, let's put you in a different position. Let's put you in a position that's functional. And then suddenly the person will say, well, but now my glutes are working. And I'm like, there you go. You know, so it's all about getting the right positions.
0: I like that. I like that. Okay. And uh, controversy is good because it enables us to you know, challenge a way of thinking. So in your, just in your personal practice, you would prefer to not have to squeeze a muscle to activate it. You would prefer to put people into the position so that the muscle is clearly activated on its own.
1: Correct. Exactly. Gotcha. That's okay. And that
0: that's, yeah. well, makes sense. You know, it makes total sense. Okay. So I think I've got this right. So I just want to labour this point because there's some people who are only going to listen to this or watch this and they're not going to go and look at the picture. And I want them, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about helping people get this right. Correct. So we're going Correct. to be sitting on our chair. We've just finished our big, big vegan meal. And then we shuffle forward to the edge of our chair. Um, we, the tips of our knees should be maybe um, around about sort of the metatarsal muscle, of metatarsals or like the padding of our yes. feet roundabout yes. that if we yeah, were to that's... draw a vertical line? Yeah. Okay, but certainly forward of our heels or we won't be able to stand. Correct. And then we can put our our sort of um, palms of our hands right next to our hips and then we can yes. roll, just roll our upper body forward a little bit so as to shift the centre of gravity off the chair and we can push down a little bit with our, with our hands and, and roll and stand up.
1: That's great, and, and and the key here is getting the center of gravity forward because that then brings the hips uh, into play. Where if you just go straight up out of a chair, which most people do, that's why they have to use their arms because they're pushing directly up against gravity.
0: Oh yeah, um, right, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, gotcha. And
1: so you've got to get that leaning forward with the, coupled with the hip, the, the with the, with the ankles in that specific position, and then you will you'll be able to feel the glutes come on.
0: Otherwise, it's kind of like doing a mini dip. You're just kind of using your triceps. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha.
1: And that that constrains the elbows for a lot of clients.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Well, I hope people are enjoying this. I'm finding this fascinating. Tell us about the toilet. Toilet's a little lower than the chair. Is it basically just more like a more difficult chair to get out of, but the principles are the same?
1: Correct. It's, it's it's exactly. I mean, it's really. It's if you look at it from a from an athletic point of view, it's a real deep squat. So it's <laughs> <laughs> we're not in the darkest Africa here, but it's it's a deep squat, you know. And, and uh, so for me, um, the the key getting off off a, off a low low um, object or a toilet is you've got to use momentum. You've got to almost get like a like a one two three go and, and and use momentum it provides the impetus the energy to get up if you just sort of go from a standstill position uh it's fine if you're young and you've got the power but if you've got a pain or you you know a little bit older that's a challenge mm. i would even suggest to someone who's, in that, who's older is to get a um you know the seat to raise the seat heights if that's if that's if it's really struggling you can get those i don't know if you were in australia you'd get yeah, that
0: the, but we have them for uh, the kids you know like these little um, yeah. uh little sort of they're raise it up by about you know, five centimeters, a uh, little platform that has a smaller size for the kid to sit on so they don't fall in.
1: Yeah, that makes such a difference. I mean, it really makes a big, especially if you've got a lot of pain. You know, you, if you think about how many times you go to the toilet a day, that, that that alone can can keep your knees inflamed, just getting up and down out of a toilet.
0: Okay, I've got to throw in some experience on this. This is so close to my heart. Um, people who pay any pay a little attention to my personal history know that I had the worst knee that has miraculously managed to avoid having an arthroscopy or even a replacement, even though it's been suggested. Now, trying to get off up off a toilet has been very difficult um, over many years for me. And even to this day, what I've noticed is that if I get up off the toilet in a way in which I think I'm strengthening my quads, for instance, which I like to do sometimes and think, hey, I'm just going to get up without using arms and I'm going to, you know, find a balance. Sometimes I'll do a counterbalance and put my arms out in front of me so that the arms out in front of me kind of pull the center of gravity forward. And then I treat it literally like a squat, like your arms out in front of you, you know. Okay. Now what I find is that that really tends to, over several days, create tension and tightness in the lower part of my quadricep above the knee. Correct. And if I don't stretch my quadriceps after several days, they become quite upset and my knee begins to hurt a little bit at night when I'm sleeping. It needs more, like I just have to roll around a little more. And it's only this year that I've discovered that it's that that tightens up my quad on the left side. It's the one, you know, the damaged yes, side. Yes, yes. So, I mean, have you, been, have you observed to that level of detail that that's yes. the area?
1: Mm. Yes, exactly. Well, that, that then, and you'll notice when you, again, look at the foot position, you'll notice that when you, when you go, you, you tend to hit, tuck your ankles back closer to the toilet. And so you're then using, you're bringing on the quadriceps, which is overworking your quadriceps. But the other thing you're getting there is you're getting a lot of compression. We call it axial compression loading on the on the knee joint. So you're actually really straining the the joint. You're getting you're getting the patellar tendon. Where I'm getting a little more detailed now with the knee, but the tendon in the front of the knee is taking a lot of load and strain. And so it doesn't surprise me at all when you say that your your quads are overworking. So. Hmm. So it's applying the same technique, getting the ankle slightly forward, not 90 degrees, but slightly back. But you'll notice when you get off the toilet, most people tuck their ankles. They bring their ankles almost right back to the to the, to the the toilet bowl to then push up from their knees and their legs, not having the mindset of, I've got to use my glutes. I've got to get my weight forward. Yeah. The other thing you can try with the toilet, which is very interesting, if you've got a really, really sore left knee, is that you put the left Foot slightly in front of the right foot, which will which will naturally cause the right leg to work harder. Yeah. When you are feet are parallel to each other, they're both going to share the load. Although you may subconsciously or you know shift to one side anyway, but try just putting the sore leg slightly in front and then getting up, and that also takes the strain away.
0: Yeah, I'm smiling because I uh, I have experimented with all these things over the years, and I know that <laughs> that is something that uh, that does help now. Look, we've got some other things to cover here. We're going to talk about stairs in a minute, and we're going to talk about some basic bending and how we should reach down and pick things up and so forth. So we've got that to come. Um, But before we move on, why don't we talk about – we'll just sort of take a deviation for a moment and talk about a way in which we can actually build some strength in our glute muscles – so that this process of coming up off chairs and toilets become easier. So could you guide us through a way that is the most straightforward and basic and something people can do at home so that when they do then do the chairs and the toilets, um, it becomes easier?
1: Yeah. So firstly, if you've got a cushion in your chair and you raise the height so your hips are higher than your knees, you can start off by just doing a couple of exercises from that height. Then the next progression would be to then lower the the you know lower the cushions, lower the height. So you want to get it pulled down to about 90 degrees where you you've got your hips and the knees are almost in alignment. And then I would go back up to the with the cushion, but then holding like a kilogram or two kilogram weight where you where you hold the weight uh, in your hands like this. It can be a kettlebell, it can be a um, water, it can be anything that over a kilogram, and literally stand up because that's now adding weights to the glutes, and you can go from one kilogram, two kilograms, to five kilograms. I would be careful then doing that weight at 90 degrees, because that would be quite a, uh, a progression, but that would be how we, and I can um, put a list of progressions for your clients where they can sort of go through that. Um, but that's really effective, and you'll notice that's a really effective core strengthening exercise. Um, I must just point out that the core, your abdominal muscles work together with the glutes, and you'll notice that most exercises, that, that doesn't happen unless you're sucking it in, which, which in my opinion, we, got to, we actually got to move away from.
0: Right. So let me repeat back so that you yes. can gauge my understanding. So yeah. what we're talking about now, we're talking about actually doing some exercises so that when we are coming up off chairs and toilets over time, this becomes easier for us because our muscles yes. are stronger and they are more almost trained to be able to do this under safe conditions and we're putting them through repetitions in a safe environment so what you're suggesting is at first raise the height at which we want to touch our buttocks to by actually putting a pillow or something underneath on top of the chair and then what we are to do is to uh, with the weight in the heels, and we hold a weight in front of us, maybe a kilogram or so. What in front of our chest, perhaps out in yes. front of our chest. Yep.
1: And and, and especially important with any exercises to keep the elbows by your side. Okay. You don't have that called a chicken wing. So uh-huh. you don't want to hold it. You'll notice I'm just saying yeah, Keep yes. it like by the side. Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. And, and that. Adds, and then
1: leaning forward. Yeah.
0: And, and and you are allowed to lean forward. Yeah.
1: And then stand. Yeah. So you're basically doing the same technique just with a weight by your side or, or holding a weight. You're adding weight to the, to the squats.
0: Gotcha. We come down, we touch gently onto the pillow and then we come back up again and then we repeat that. Now, once we get good at that, then we can either decide to increase the weight a little bit or we can lower the, take the pillow off and try and come down and touch our bum onto the chair. Yeah.
1: Can I just interject there, Clint? Yes. Um, What's really important is when you, you want to actually, depending on your level of pain, you want to sit back down because going down and just touching the pillow is a big, big progression, especially with your lower back muscles and knee muscles. So having the patient sit down, get back up, sit down, get back up. When they go to just going to pretend to sit down or just touching the pillow, that actually requires a lot of muscular strength and coordination. So Um, for someone who's not in pain, they won't pick up the difference. But someone who has got any sort of back pain or knee pain, straight away will say this is too much. So we want to first, that would be actually a final progression is having the weights, touch the pillow, get back up. And does that make sense? uh,
0: Yeah, because you're not allowing any moment where you can get a rest.
1: Correct. You've got eccentric loading. You've got lots going on there, yeah.
0: Okay. And so uh, I think we've got our – I think we're clear now. So the good. early early stages of this, you actually want to use the weight uh, – sorry, early stages would be put a pillow on top, no weight, come down, touch the pillow and actually sit down. And then yeah. come back up off again and maybe do that 10 times and then uh, we're good, we're done. Okay, but we're then done. as we get better and stronger, we can then add a weight and continue to sit down in between set in between repetitions. And then the ultimate end game is no pillow, quite a lot of weight and go down, touch, come back up, go down, touch, come back up. And then if we get to that point, then getting up and down off the toilets and seats here and there throughout the day should be pretty easy.
1: Yeah. And you're ready for, you're you're ready for what we call the functional squats as well. You're, You're ready for the next step, which is great.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that there's, there's a continual progression to higher levels. That's awesome.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what we'll do is we'll definitely get a picture of that particular weighted squat technique, which I think we have here in the notes you've sent me, but we'll get that embedded into the show notes. Okay. I, so I'll send that through
1: to you. I haven't sent it through to you yet. Oh, okay. Notes, Fantastic. So yeah.
0: just to recap where we've gotten so far, we've talked about sitting and getting up off a chair and a toilet and the best way to do that if we've got problems with our lower body. And then we explored some ways to build strength in the areas of our body that's needed to do those movements so that we get more and more stronger and, and, and better at that. Now let's talk about some stairs. Let's talk about how to walk up some stairs. I've done training on this myself. In a video that I recorded some years ago and it's called how to reverse RA in the knees it's a long video it goes for about 50 minutes it's loaded inside Patterson program advanced healing package and also inside our support platform I may have made a mistake in that based on your training here Uh, no one's called me out on it and and certainly I didn't aggravate my knee by this small adjustment um, but let's talk about this as we uh, as we go here with stairs. Tell me the correct yep. approach, and then I'll discuss with you the potential mistake that I've got in my training.
1: Yes, well, you know, the people they often laugh at me and say, "Come on, Carl, there can't be a technique for climbing stairs." But again, it's it's a it's a it's a functional movement, and so we no one's really taught us. If I think about you know, our school background, no one's ever shown you how to climb stairs. You know, taught you how to lunge, but it's it's something you do every day. And again, if you're someone in pain, it's uh, it's really important that you get the technique right. The first problem we find with stairs, I don't know what it's like in Australia, is that the actual tread, the 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 size of the stair. Is quite narrow, the width. So you find a lot of people struggle to put their whole foot on the stair. Mm. And that's actually the secret. You've got to get your whole foot, if you can, onto the stair. Um, and we can cover that later That when you can't get your whole foot on. But the first step is you've got to get your whole foot onto the step. Then the next thing is that we'll see is because we have this mindset or just the way we've been naturally moved is we use our knees again. We use our knees to push we push into our knees and we use the quadriceps and the hamstrings again without getting the hips to work and it's all about the position again and so here once the ankle the foot is on the, the the step you want to make sure that your knee remains 90 degrees to your ankle so you'll notice when you're climbing stairs and when you look at the picture your knee goes way forward if this is my ankle and there's my knee you'll notice that the knee does that it goes way forward instead yeah. of staying 90 degrees, and any sort of movement towards the uh, the toes yep. will just aggravate the knees and bring on all the wrong muscles. So when you put your foot on the step, and there's your knee, you want to keep that angle 90 degrees. Okay. And then leaning slightly forward again from your hips, again, that's bringing the center of gravity forwards, and you're not going up vertically, and that's, again, another problem that people make. They, they go up, they sort of go up against gravity, and that's just, again, you're pivoting around your knee and loading the knee. So you want to lean forwards and and I think the picture will, will be much more easy to understand when you see what it looks like um with the pictures. But that is the general idea is to use your glutes. I see lots of people climbing stairs with the wrong technique, but because they've been instructed again to squeeze their glutes, they are using their glutes, but they because they're squeezing. But it's you know, if you go up hundred stairs or fifty stairs, you get a lot of squeezing and and it's just not a natural movement anyway.
0: Right. Okay. So the no squeezing of the glutes or generally any muscle has come up again, which I'm learning is an important thing. Uh, For people who are watching this online, uh, watching the video, I'm just going to show the correct uh, posture right here. In fact, I can't see my own video, so I might not be able to uh, hang on. Let me see uh, momentarily if I can get this. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so
1: that looks good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Look, if you're listening to this, then this moment is the biggest waste of the, your day because you can't see what I'm doing here. But um, if you're watching this online, uh, then what I've just, um, just shown on the screen here is an image whereby the knee is directly over the, um, the heel uh, or the ankle and um, the body weight is uh, definitely leaning forward. So uh, probably by about 30 degrees, not quite 45 degrees. So a lot of forward momentum and the full foot is onto the stairs. Now, let me just uh, give you a couple of questions around this. Um, at first, does this feel uncomfortable when people transition across to this style of stair climbing? Because are we then engaging some muscles that we don't normally use?
1: Absolutely. I, I think it's it does take a bit of time to get and first often people say, but this feels so weird. And I, and I say, it's because you've been doing it, you know, you haven't been taught how to do it correctly. Uh, it's kind of like holding a golf club for the first time or doing anything for the first time really. But it's, it becomes, the, the, the interesting thing is it, it becomes really, uh, people pick it up quite quickly and then I ask them to do it wrong and they say, I can't do it wrong anymore. It's it's because they've almost learned the correct way, their body naturally to do it that way. So it, it's, yes, it does feel strange in the beginning, but, again, start on small steps. Don't go start on deep steps. Get, get the technique right, and then you can progress to deeper steps. But if it does become natural, it's not something you're going to have to think about every time you climb stairs. And
0: uh, Yes. Okay. Good. Um, and now let's talk about the modification if the stairs don't hold the whole foot.
1: Oh, that's a great point. It's, uh, sure. So if you put your foot halfway up a step, I'm going to use my hands again, I hope you can see in the video, if that's your foot and that's your knee, mm-hmm. what you'll find is that that you'll, you'll, you'll have to, your knee will have to go forward um, yeah. because of the, the, the thing. And what you want to do is you want to picture uh, an elastic band around your knee that as you step up the stair, that the knee's almost been pulled back into a 90-degree angle. So you're almost using your, your hamstrings and glutes to stop the knee going further forward and causing the problem. So it's like someone's got an elastic band. It's just tugging you, your knee back a bit. But you don't want to yank it back. You want to just slowly pull it back. You'll notice that gets the glutes to work really effectively, and it takes a lot of strain out the knee.
0: Okay. I I
1: teach for my knee replacement patients, people who have had knee replacements, this is – you know, this should be the the first thing people learn is how to get out of the chair and how to climb stairs after any knee, you know, but it's funny, you know, we don't see it after about a year after operations and they say their knee's killing them. And then we like, well, have you, have you learned this? And they said, no one's ever shown us this.
0: Wow. Okay, good, 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 good. So the, there needs to be a mindfulness and an awareness as we climb stairs, if our knees are injured, that if we're not able to get our full foot onto the step, then we have to imagine that our, the back of our hamstring and our glute muscle is pulling the knee backwards as we rise the, up the
1: stairs. Well well, well said. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: okay. Now, you know, something that I observed when I was doing the Inca Trail and we were on this very big hike in, in Peru, my wife and I. Yes. You know, there are a, couple, a lot of observations, but a couple of key ones is, first of all, just a comment, which was even with a really, really damaged knee, my knee felt better after miles of hiking than what it did through inactivity. And I think that's an interesting point. Um, It's amazing how, you know, we forget that all the joint is there for is to be moved. And that if we weren't (laughs) meant to move that part of the body, it would be a bone, right? It's only purpose is to move. So even if it's damaged, you know, it still wants to be a moved Part of the body, so that that's the first observation and then the next one that I'd like your comment on that I found it harder to go downhill than up and are there some downhill or downstep, some downstep tips that you might have for us? and I know we're heading into some territory that we didn't prepare for, but what are your thoughts on going downstairs if you've got some uh, sore knees and weak muscles?
1: yeah you know it's if you think about the action, you're going now with gravity, you're going down, the 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 potential uh, for loading is is obviously increased, and that's why a lot of people do struggle with the downhill. The thing I find with going down, I love uh, trail running and 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 hiking is is that you've got to transition the weight quickly over the knee. Uh, what people do, because they're so worried about hurting the knees, they they go down really slowly, and then they put their foot down and then they actually load into it and they, and they've got every you know they're like they're just you know gritting their teeth they, they're almost anticipating the pain yeah. um, it, it's, and and then they sort of quickly hop over it anyway. So they actually try and transition quicker in, in in the first place. but it's a technique you have to learn. It's hard to describe it over the internet. Uh, it's something I can certainly show people in a video and, and, and I can describe on, on the notes. But the idea is that you you don't again, if this is your, your knee joint, you don't want to go like this. You don't want the knee to sorry, let me do it my hand like this and look like a karate guy here, but you, <laughs> you want to, you don't want the knee to go forward again. And so what a lot of people when they're climbing, they're going downhill, they, they they put their foot down and the knee goes like this, and there's a load into the knee and then there's problems again. So it's learning how to actually bend in their hips going down when you're hiking. Uh, and, and and taking, absorbing the load into the hips rather than taking the load into the knee. And that's the, that's the actual key of going downhill.
0: Yeah, Noah, you, you've just, um, what you just said triggered a memory from, um, have you read a book called Born to Run?
1: I, I haven't read it. It's on one of my lists to read, but I hear it's very good.
0: An absolutely brilliant book that I highly recommend. Uh, the sort of thing where you kind of, in your particular profession, it to be sort of thing that you might want to read from a point of view of um, providing some more insights into, you know, what you bring to your work, but at the same time you get so caught up in the story that it becomes like an adventure thriller and you just can't put it down. I mean, it is a fascinating book, Born to Run by Christopher McDougall, true story. In the book he talks about uh, the mechanics of running and you've just reminded me with your discussion about Going Downstairs about the mechanics that are described for the ideal physiological uh, position for running, which is to, to sink low into the hips, to be very, very light through the knees and the legs, and to almost be like you're just touching the surface, just gliding quickly over the ground as you move forward with the weight into the front of the feet as opposed to the heels. So it's almost like you're just sweeping dust underneath your body as you move forward, sitting down into the hips. And that apparently... Is the mechanical way? Yeah, of I,
1: I, I coach. I coach running. That's one of the things that I do. And, I, and if anyone's interested in, in looking at that, I do. I do coach runners, and I teach exactly. I didn't even know that was his thing, but I teach the softening of the hips, yeah. soft knees, and and then again the slight leaning forward, which is a big thing. That runners don't do. They lean forward from their upper bodies, or they lean forward from their ankles, which we see a lot of problems in calves. But that, digressing here, but. But I love the d- description because that's exactly what I what, what I teach is that, is that that just again it's all about positioning the body. If you get yep. the people in the right position, and so many people are going for uh, therapies, and there are there's a time and place for receiving sort of physical therapy and whatever you're going for treatment. But what I'm seeing with my runners now, I've had problems is is just getting them into the right position, uh, and, and it's amazing how it sorts out a lot of these these common symptoms we see with runners.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's another thing that's uh, come out of this that's very interesting.
1: Um, let's move
0: on to our last stage of things we wanted to cover today, which was yes. just some basic bends um, moving down into picking up something that, that's on the floor so that we get it right and we don't cause a, a problem yeah
1: so you know that there's a lot of history to this the 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 problem I see with bends is that in in your sort of our our generations that we've all been taught that when we're going to pick up something uh, to avoid back pain we are to bend our knees and keep our back straight it's kind of a mantra we've been living I don't know but that's certainly in South Africa what we've been taught here is to you know use your knees keep your back straight squeeze your tummy muscles and and unfortunately, while it saved our, our backs, it's really it's really messed up our knees. I mean, we look at first world. If you look at first world, gener- our, our first world countries, everywhere you go in first world, you can't even see a surgeon. now six months to book a knee up. Yeah. I mean, it's if you look at these in these third world countries, they're like, what's a knee replacement? What's a hip replacement? And and I said, you know, it's amazing that we we've got all this wisdom and knowledge. We 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 we're riddled with all these hip and knee problems. You know, yeah. and and I put a lot down to the, the poor movements. Simply, the most important thing is 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 bending like you're going to sit down in a chair, and there's no other way to describe it. that you're basically bending down is like doing a squat. We are to 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 keep our knees in that ninety degrees position or that soft position I talk about, and then literally go down as if you're about to take a seat. Don't ever bend down with your knees straight, um especially if you've got pain or if you don't have the mobility if you're not a yoga instructor. Uh, it puts a lot of strain through the back of the knees, so the neural systems in the back, your back muscles. Um, I would rather you bend your knees than bend, you know, from your back. But the optimal bending position is actually t- the way you would sit down. So the start of bending is the same way you would start to bend down as if you're going to sit down in a chair. That you would you would have to just practice because I wouldn't want you to go straight away and lift a heavy object without mm. practicing that technique first. You you might actually strain your back.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it glows with common sense, doesn't it? I mean, if we hadn't learnt anything intellectually from intelligent, educated people like yourself and Western society, and we were out living in tribal community and we wanted to bend down, you know, you probably would bend your knees, you'd bend your back, you'd reach your arms out and you'd just pick the thing up. You wouldn't kind of get into this almost character-like position that they show you on sides of carton boxes to that show you know? that's
1: exactly the big with a big cross and a yeah. big tick here <laughs> yeah yeah that
0: sort of thing so it's reassuring to know that you know our intuition is still uh is still Absolutely. relevant today okay cool well let's get some pictures from you to embed into the show notes for the the squat exercises to come up and down and build our uh our important muscles for the uh, chair and toilet, um, the stair climbing approach, and also for a basic bend, for bending down to yeah. pick something up. Um, now, I'd imagine that if someone has some problems with their hips, knees, ankles, that just learning these techniques should be a big improvement for them. And have you seen that with some of your clients?
1: Yes. Uh, it's, it's been amazing to just see how the, 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 joints are actually in a sense, grateful for the natural movements and, and not being putting them into positions where they're actually strained. Um, it's, a, it's another thing is that a lot of people are passionate about doing exercises while they are strengthening one area of the body. They are actually straining the other area of the body. And when you talk to them after the next day, they, 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 they never say to you, I don't know what exercise I did that hurts it. But then I will go to the techniques again and say, Well, did you do this? And they said, Yes. What's that got to do with my ankle? And I'll say, well, everything, because you're now you're stepping up from your ankle joints. And so yeah, making these small changes. There are the biggest comment I get from people is, but you've you've hardly done anything. You've hardly moved, you've basically moved my knee back one centimeter on the video, or you've you've just turned my foot out and it's you know, and I say it's all about the small changes and It makes the biggest difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. You know, when I do Bikram yoga, which is a, just a specific form of yoga, same 26 postures over and over again in a hot room, yeah. very challenging class. Yeah,
1: I can imagine.
0: But let me tell you, it is like it is like hardcore military rules around alignment. Sometimes instructors will state the script, because it's all scripted word for word as to how the positioning of the body should be. And if one person hasn't got their foot perfectly 90 degrees to the other in setting up for a posture, they'll say, do it again from the start. Let's do it. Because because it's so injury adverse focused. We do not yeah. want to have one person getting an injury in the class. And so if it means putting your left hand before your right hand, and you go right hand, then left hand, then they get upset. The teachers, they don't yep. want yep. to take any risks. And it comes down to, like you say, millimeters, centimeters. It matters, doesn't it?
1: No, it makes a big difference. And I, and I, and, I, and the thing just to also put in here is the body awareness is that clients have got to start to understand and feel their body, um, as we talked about uh, earlier it's just that they have an awareness of what muscles they're using um and 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 what they're feeling even even if they're in the right position sometimes the right position can hurt so it's just to know you know i'm doing exactly what carl's saying or what the instructor's saying but i still feel pain is to stop you know is to um i have a i have a saying now uh, which is very um, goes against the the common thing is you know no pain no gain well that's true if you're going to be working as an athlete and you want to you know breaking muscle as they say yeah. But if you, it, it, my thing is gain without pain, and that's, yeah. that's a really how I try to coach my patients and my clients, you know, gain without pain.
0: Well, that's why you're doing so well, because people are in a lot of pain already, and they don't want to uh, add to that. The word gain is an interesting one for my audience, and most of my folks are uh, doing really well with their pain reduction, but then they want to gain a little weight add a few, add some, add some muscle and so forth. And so I'm going to be paying more attention to that over and above what I've done in the past with my own work by having some guests on like yourself and like a personal trainer coming up shortly. Now let's, um, I just want to let people know that I've invited you to come and speak and answer questions and handle one-on-one situations with my support group. And we're going to be doing that the first week of August. So if you're listening to this episode in the future, um, you may have missed that opportunity, but you will be able to watch the replay of the Q&A session that Carl is going to be doing. And if, of course, you're listening to this when it's gone live or a week or two within when it has been released, you can participate. If you are a member of Patterson Program Support, um, then you can just simply join us on that live training and get help directly from Carl, uh, not just on the lower body, but he has information across the shoulders, the elbows, and uh, I'll I'll let you expand on that in a minute, but I know that you've got those parts of the body covered. And that way you can get one-on-one help at my cost uh, and uh, as part of being a member of my support group. And I'll have Carl there available to you. And as I said, you can watch the replays and we'll load all of the answers into the frequently asked questions. So if, you, if you're not a member of Patterson Program Support, definitely uh, try and join uh, when we open again shortly and, and be with us for when we chat to Carl. Carl, what else can you help my members with uh, other than the shoulders, elbows? I mean, uh, if they're presenting with physical symptoms, um, I'm sure you've got ways that you've worked with clients who've had lots of various joint issues other than the lower body.
1: Yeah, shoulders seems to be quite a popular uh, joint. A lot of people are struggling with. Um, again, just you know, the, the, it's, all, it's all technique. We talk about how uh, the, the one of the problems we see with shoulders is that people generate power from their shoulders. So an example of that would be if you were to do an arm wrestle, or if you were to push or punch or, or do any sort of move with the shoulder where. We've got to educate people how to generate power from their core muscles. Um, the shoulder has got power from the muscles around it are powerful, but it's it's all about, just again, the position. It's all about how you position. I find that a lot of the movements when it comes to the shoulders, and you might be able to relate to this in the clients who do shoulder exercises, is it's not functional. So what I mean by that is it's almost robotic. If you yeah. watch people in the gym, I'm going to try demonstrating the video here, but it, it's ex- literally like a robot. You kind of Arm goes up, arm goes to the side, and you know, it's it's very robotic. There's no movements or or, or any sort of rotation and and, and fluidity in the movement, and so the shoulder becomes just this isolated joint, and it just gets absolutely smashed. Yeah. Um, and so you, we we teach and coach you how to actually move, like I'm mean, gonna sounds funny, but move like a human, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. The chiropractor that I have seen a few times over the last few months, uh, he talks about the same kind of approach and how um, rather than going to the gym, want to do rock climbing, right? Or if you're at the gym, want right, rock climbing, for example. I mean, it's back closer to what is natural, right? At some point, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, what we might do on that live training call with the support group, I might have you go through some of the exercises for the shoulders, for the core muscles um, and maybe for the glutes as well. And we'll just cover off some of that content before we take a yes. Q&A. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're out of time though for today. Um, and I just want to thank you, especially regarding the short notice on this and especially regarding the, the, the time in which you've uh, set aside here early in the morning. And I want to be able to uh, offer your contact details to people who want to be able to reach out um, directly to you. So how should people find out how to contact you?
1: Well, at the moment, my website is is under, is doing work on it, but they can get me via my email address, which is karlwellness at gmail.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions. or uh, we'll go give them some content. So also, um, I do sell my notes, the the, the, the PDF documents, uh, which which details all the tips and, and things and how to, to go about these exercises. And also do live Skype consultations, so they're welcome to Skype me and we can set up appointments and go That's, from there.
0: That sounds fabulous. I uh, certainly wish that I had had access to your services when I was going through all of the darkest days of my struggles. So I'm, I'm really you know, grateful that you're able to share what you have today and offer these services to everyone else. So uh, as of now, though, I want to say thank you and I'll see you again. Uh, early August for our online support group call. Thanks, Carl.
1: Thanks, Clint. Looking forward to it. Cheers. You've been listening to the Patterson Program. For more information,
0: visit pattersonprogram.com.